Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 393 of Pixels and Ink, the official podcast of CG Magazine, where we take a critical eye to gaming, comics, tech, and media. I'm your host today, Kirsty Hoog, and I'm joined by Dana Eileen. That's me. Hello, hello. Jordan Biardi. Yo! And we'll be joined momentarily by Editor-in-Chief Brendan Fry, but uh, we had a certain moment without him. How's everybody doing today? I'm good. Jordan's comfy. I'm overlit, but... You know, it happens. I, I, I always have a bad lighting situation, so it's fine. No, you look good. Nice and pale. That's where I aim. Yeah, yeah that's a bad lighting situation. No, <laughs> that's where I aim to live. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is here. Palesville? I live yeah, in the no. pale. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy in the pale. It's where I belong. Me and my pale people. Uh, that's no. a weird conversation after playing Disco Elysium. It's different. Um, yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah, we were going to get the week started with uh, a topic that Brandon was going to cover, so we'll move on to uh, something else. Moving um, on. Yeah, this week was we saw the celebration of Star Wars Day, May the 4th, um, hey. as has become sort of an official, unofficial Star Wars holiday or day of celebration. Yeah. Um, Is it still unofficial? Like, I feel like it's just official now. I'm pretty I mean, like, sure. It's not it's a like, holiday it's got to be in a calendar but... somewhere. Why? I didn't <laughs> do any work holiday. yesterday. We all got the day off. I mean, if if my official religion is Jediism, then I think it should be a. I think that's fine. That's that's an interesting idea. Like, what if you did identify like religiously as a Jedi because it is an like a recognized religion now? Apparently, I saw that people doing bragging about doing it ten years ago or something like that. It's like an old Facebook status thing. (laughs) Well, I think the I think like doesn't like isn't like like New Zealand or something have like the the biggest like collection of like actual like registered quote-unquote jedis something like that yeah i want to say it was new zealand but which means i should guess i should just go there <laughs> i wonder if there's an offshoot of the religion of sith who like Hello, <laughs> people who actually started it you'd think new zealand their religion would be like something based on tolkien because hobbiton <laughs> hobbitism wizard Arden. The way of Eru, the one. Oh, in... God. Well, I think, I think, I think culturally, from what I've heard, most people, like most actual, like New Zealanders, genuinely hate the Hobbit and they hate the fact that it's like that's all they're associated with. Well, that was a big thing on uh, Fly of the Conquerors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing about that. Anyways, another Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Yes, Star Wars. That, that that's was saying. That old chestnut. My camera decided I don't have a face anymore. Okay, as Jordan was saying, we were talking just before podcast about an R2-D2 vibrator. Yes, I'm having this conversation because I went and looked it up. You, you just went balls Etsy. deep into that one, didn't you? We're yeah, not even yeah. three minutes in. You can get it on Etsy <laughs> for $33.80. And oh, is it the... Etsy thing? Pfft, that's not yeah, real. It's not that great. Seems it's just someone, it that means someone looks... made it. It's, it's a white vibrator, and it looks like somebody just like smacked a sticker on it, so that might get lost. RDT2 uh, may be with you permanently. And uh, I'm no expert, the but I would the box think you'd want says, a little more expert engineering on that one. But yeah. it, it might not be like it's probably not just a sticker, but it totally looks like a sticker. Oh, actually, you can get any face you want on this. It's just advertising R2D2. You can, I, would, I can, I could put like your face on it. Yeah. I would that. say that a good rule of thumb to live by is maybe not to buy your sex toys from Etsy. Like, that just seems like a good idea to me. Well, and that's the thing. Like, 
So it's it's only it's thirty three eighty Canadian, and it's low in stock. Great reviews, but the problem is like a decent vibrator kind of costs that much or more anyway. So but anyway, back to Star Wars. Guarantees, <laughs> guarantees anyway. of engineering and safety and craftsmanship. I don't. There's a sticker of R2D2, and the inside of the box says "Go fuck yourself." So I don't think that's really Tom, staying in line with. I know we're talking about using here, the force. I don't have any supervision. I'm sorry. But this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god. I hope it instead of like noises, it like be boops at you the whole time. Or it makes the lightsaber sound. <laughs> I just stopped myself from making a horrible reference. We need to move on. Before, yeah, let's go. A really bad impartial joke I was gonna make that uh, would have been oh, really bad. Oh wait, there's apparently just like a, a oh there's a Lord Vader, there's a C3PO, there's a Stormtrooper couples massager, and an R2D sort of personal. <laughs> massager. You don't want the Stormtrooper one; they always miss. Oh, but wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Kenobi. Star Wars. There's an Avengers <laughs> line too. Okay, back yeah. to lightsabers and nobody tell Brendan I went off the handle. Don't tell him; he'll never know. He'll never I was know. gonna say you—you you made a spreadsheet to help like rate us in, and you were the first person to go off the rails. I'm on topic. <laughs> it's technology. It's Star Wars Day, and you know fair. what? And we're all talking about it, so we're, we're all it's have something. Mother's to Day weekend as well. We're celebrating women. Yeah, yeah, guys, buy that your, for your Star Wars mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, what a what a, forever. <laughs> what a great gift. <laughs> That's the awkward. I would 100% do that. My mom would die inside and it would be great. But Lord Vader <laughs> is the name of the one that says, who's your daddy. I just. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be better if it was called like <sighs> the vibe Vader or something? Like at least that's more like. I, I like that. It's slogan is who's your daddy though. Like, come on. Oh, that's a lot like of an good, unfortunate um, headline in the making. That's a lot of good, like star Wars Hilarious. condoms. Right. Okay. I got to get off this page. That's it. That okay. Anywho, Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that how do we how do we yeah. recover from this? I don't, I don't know. Do, I think guys. we start from scratch. Um, Chris, what was your favorite Star Wars movie and why? What was or what is? Because that's. I mean, okay, what is? <laughs> currently, still Last Jedi, holding strong. Yes. I was uh, say it's, a, it's, it's a it's a it's a two way tie between Jedi, Last Jedi, and uh, Empire. I would say. I the new ones. I don't think I'm allowed to say that, though. You are. You don't like the new ones. No, I do like, like the new ones. One. I do. Well, I mean, I, I didn't. I wasn't raised on Star Wars the way most people were. My brother was a huge fan. Um, he took me to my first Star Wars movie in high school. So, mm. you'd have to tell me which episode that is. To be perfectly honest, I started off smack in the middle. Um, it was. I think. Three. I think it was the most recent of the new ones. No, maybe. Not the newest ones. New but, one, yeah. okay, I'm I, like the first three, so second like, three. Revenge of the Sith. Maybe. Yeah, we're yeah, we're around the same age, so it would have been Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so I. Uh, the way that we ended up going to see it, uh, it, there was a midnight showing. My brother's friends couldn't go, and uh, we did not get along growing up. He's seven years older than me, so like we were not bros, mm. and uh, he wanted me to go, and it was a school night. My mom was like, ugh. But you guys are doing something nice together, so <laughs> so she let me. And the only rule was that I had to go to school the next day. I absolutely did not go to school the next day. Uh, there were people dressed up everywhere and yelling, and it, it was fun. But I watched every Star Wars movie the day 
we went like I like fast forwarded through a bunch of them and like Power so I learned to hate baby Anakin really really quickly because I choked him down a little too fast <laughs> it was not good it was not good yeah he was he was objectively the worst character in that all that movie and I include Jar Jar mm. Binks in that whole thing mm, yeah. <laughs> you know what Binks gets a bad rap man that dude became a generally became his his keys his arc was completed in that movie. He was a go lovable goofball, and then he assumed responsibility, and part of his lovable goofballness helped save the day. So, I, uh, yeah. And they and they punished the fuck out of him for it. Like it's so bad that they let like the fan base just like really steer the ship on what happened to Jar Jar Banks. Well, yeah. I mean that was. <sighs> Jar Jar was like, okay, he got a lot of crap he didn't deserve, and the, and the actor, oh my gosh, should never have gotten death threats. Just, just not should not be on the table. Yeah. That being said, Lucas did try a little hard to cram that down people's throats, and like, you know, it, it was a pioneering uh, performance for the industry in terms of like what he did with you know the motion capture suit and all that stuff. At the same time yeah. that Circus was doing Gollum, it's a really mixed bag. Like he deserved some flack for that. Lucas did, I should say, but uh, not well. Yeah, not but what Lucas he actually got deserves a lot of flack for a lot of the stuff that went into that prequel trilogy <laughs> you know he nobody was saying no to that guy like it was stupid and someone needed to badly on a lot of things but yeah <laughs> actually in, in in the end jar jar got a nice uh, epilogue recently in one of the books uh after like it was like 2017 um they like cuts away to like to naboo for the for like an interlude chapter and uh he's he's a clown entertaining kids yeah, no, that's, that's... Him, and they kind of hate him but some people are like oh this is funny whatever but this one kid who latches onto him and like becomes his friend and like kind of like makes up for everything i thought that was a nice little poster really, I hate it. of oh it's nice it's a nice scene you actually read the book i mean it's like it's yeah it's it's like nice in theory but it's like they had to make him a literal clown like this guy was a war hero he was a diplomat it's and also because people uh, yeah but like i said he's a lovable goofball it's like you know nobody nobody writes a, a friggin' epilogue about like goofy and kingdom hearts falling out of favor with king mickey and becoming a clown just because he's a lovable goofball like <laughs> you know it's, it's it's just ridiculous it's like this is what they had to do they had to punish him it's like oh he's the guy everybody hates he's the literal clown get it like but he, he was a little clown he but he was a <laughs> goddamn war hero okay <laughs> A war hero. Well, I'm sure there's lots of shitty war heroes if you want to throw yeah. it out there. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are clowns, too, I suppose. Clowns everywhere. I'm so intrinsic. No, I will not accept this. <laughs> I accept nothing. <laughs> but actually, that actually kind of comes back to something that I wrote in my editorial this week about Star Wars on the site. Like, Dana, what you're saying about how you first remember experiencing it. I've talked to so many people over the years at conventions and stuff through my own like Star Wars podcast and Whenever you ask like someone who's really into Star Wars about the first time they saw it, they can usually give you this very succinct like, "I was here, I saw it with this person. It was this movie. We ate this for popcorn. Like we had, we had popcorn in this candy bar in the lobby. Like hmm. it's a uh, like for people who are really into Star Wars, it really is a meaningful thing. A lot of levels. There's usually a very nice story behind it, and that's the kind it of thing I love, I love hearing about on May Fourth. It it is something that that you know, it, it grows with you, no matter what kind of fan you are. Like, I, I'm not a fan like you guys might be, uh, but I absolutely remember it and will pass it on to my kids because it's kind of a part of us. It's the pop culture oh. and... Mm -hmm. yeah. 
it's it's well it's interesting that you say that too because now like thinking about it it's like i don't think i have that just no? because like no well it's the same thing like with like you know when people kind of talk about like even like as like gamers like you know the, the first time you like yes. picked up a controller like it's just like like as long as i ha can remember like the two things that have always been like part of my like growing up were mm -hmm. like nintendo and star wars i don't i can't i can't clearly remember the first time i sat down and watched star wars i just know that like you, ever you just came out with a it little kid <laughs> you just came out kind of like it's like that's as far back as i can remember like star wars was always just there and we just like we watched it like all the time we had this like the like the thx like release box set of the vhs's and we watched empire until we burnt out the tape like that's like awesome. it's you know what i mean like we just like it was just like we knew like we just knew star wars it was just like yeah like it's just like it it, it, it just became part of our of our like formulation <laughs> yeah that's probably be like what my kids are like because i'm really into it like there's a lot of star wars stuff in our house so like i think that's going to be how they kind of remember it i think that's one. what's like... going on with my nephew right now so my brother is crazy into it like crazy he actually wears like a lightsaber ring <laughs> he, he's very <laughs> much into it so uh oh, yeah. his kids were kind of drowned in it and Actually, I think he's the one that showed my son a Star Wars movie for the first time. So hmm. lucky he's still alive. Yeah, like I had a similar thing with like my, my like a friend of mine, like daughter was talking about the first time that she saw it. Like she's like 17 or so. And uh, she's like, yeah, like it was always around growing up because dad's a big fan and all this stuff. But then <laughs> once I actually got into it, you know, had a certain appreciation for it. But then even then, like later on, she came back to it again as a teenager because her boyfriend at the time was really into Star Wars. So they started watching it together and then she really got into it. <laughs> so it's this weird kind of like, everyone's got like this in, this intro point. Like I'm, oh, there's always some kind of milestone. Like the first time you saw a new movie or something like that. Yeah, I yeah. now, like I said, I, I like the newer movies and I'm kind of a fan of newer movies in general. I have a hard time going back and watching things from the past because I get really easily distracted when I think things look dumb or sound dumb or <laughs> are dumb. <laughs> so being able to watch like the new special effects and the new characters and, and that kind of stuff is a lot of fun for me and I really enjoy them. But as you know, I have issues with my memory in terms of like names and places and like, I have no idea what order of anything is. I know like two names. Um, <laughs> it's 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 not a good time for me to try and put it all together. Mm. It's a vast universe and I envy you people. <laughs> I don't know if it's enviable at the same time because there's a lot no, of useless Star Wars yeah. knowledge in this noggin that's just like I wish I could do this instead. <laughs> it's it's pushing out like useful skills you could possibly have, it's just taking it's like up normal all that human RAM. interaction. Get that out of there. <laughs> yeah. Cram some Star Wars knowledge in there, like the name I could have learned pottery, but plays. That yeah. <laughs> Brendan is back when we're ready, because apparently that's He can jump in now. whenever he wants. I, I know, he needs like a grand entrance. Should we play a song? You may file when <laughs> ready. Yeah. Um, now watch, he's not going to come. He's like, never mind, just kidding. <laughs> and I just, never mind, he's not there. He's not there. Okay. That's False embarrassing. False so, uh, whole section. So, Anywho, given, uh, given your like somewhat 
not honestly distant, but like not super gross connection to Star Wars. Like it's something you're a fan of, but you don't like live in it. How did you feel about that Kenobi trailer yesterday? Oh, don't look at me. I didn't watch it. Oh God, that was perfect. Perfect setup. Um, I did not watch the Kenobi trailer yet, actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure I edited the story on it, and I had it playing in the background. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've, well, Disney Plus is e- eating me alive with shows. Like, I still haven't watched Boba Fett. We've discussed this. I watched the first episode. I did the same thing with Moon Knight, first episode, and just that, that was the end of it. So I've really got to get my life together. Spoiler alert. <gasps> Vader shows up at the end of the trailer. Is he actually? Yeah, they, oh, they do. Oh, they, oh, they tease him anyway. They they show his little his little light bright on his oh. chest and <laughs> they do the. I think that's and, my favorite and... way that I've heard it described. His little light bright. <laughs> you have to do the scan motion too, though. You have to do some spirit little fingers. Square on the chest, chest. yeah. This little Windows 95 boot up sound. <laughs> yeah, what does that even do? He's got a paddle on his chest. He's like with buttons well, it... that I've never once seen to press one. Okay. I think they get, they get him to mess with it sometimes in like books and stuff. I think it's just to be like, what the hell's that button for? Uh, one time he used it to like, like fiddle with his it, all, like, it activates <laughs> his uh, roller skates like Inspector Gadget. It's RGBs. Hey there, lighting. <laughs> Screen of RGBs. Sure it turns his voice into that of Rick Moranis instead. B. Nobody got that joke. Well, I thought it was great. It's fine. It's if you're gonna have any voice in your light bright on your chest, it should be Rick Moranis's. It think. should. I agree. That's yeah. a strong contender. Better Gilbert. Brendan's Dawson. like, I missed something. Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the party, love. Um, do you have any fond memories of Star Wars, Brendan? Do you do well, you even Star Wars? I mean, I, I've seen all the Star Wars. I I went to see the special editions when they were released. I've okay. seen every single Star Wars in theaters uh, up to this point. So, other than I haven't seen the last one. Because he's so old. You know, Brendan, you don't I've seen need a lot to. Of theaters too. Shut up, Chris. You're old too. You're old at heart. <laughs> well, no, because I was there in time for the special editions when they put them in theaters. So I got to see them all theatrically that way. Otherwise, I wouldn't. <laughs> I've actually, you know what? That's that's interesting. I've only seen. Uh, uh, I mean, I've only seen two of the prequels in theaters. I saw. I saw. Um, Phantom Menace and uh, Revenge of the Sith in theaters. Okay. Um, I didn't go see Clone Wars because nobody needs to see Clone Wars. That's, that's not. And a then. Movie. I don't count that. <laughs> the pilot. No, I mean, no, I don't mean that Clone Wars. I mean the actual terrible version of Clone Wars that is canon. No, the call. Uh, yeah, it's the pilot for the TV show. They put it out theatrically, so I don't really count that as a movie. So. Chris, you're there. Oh, oh, I'm thinking of Attack of the Clones. So- sorry, Chris. What? I didn't say the friggin' dictionary definition <gasps> of the name. Attack of the Bones. That's a new toy, guys. Oh, no yes. kidding. All that Star Wars knowledge knocking up in your head. You're like literally clocking me on. <laughs> no, everyone always says, oh, I didn't see the Clone Wars movie in theaters because, well, it was, just, it was also an animated. And Chris shows up with his glasses. Stuff. Um, actually, the Clone Wars was a pilot for the TV show. Oh. <laughs> okay, we're going to pull out a glasses noise every time any one of you goes yeah. off, because yeah. I'm the only one here without super nerd knowledge about one individual thing, okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about anything, so, you know. That's not true at all. <laughs> Let me throw some anime at you. I probably don't have super nerd knowledge anime. Mm, enough to make me go, ooh! Super nerd movie knowledge, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. I am an expert on nothing and a knower of many things. Mm. Also, I have a pink makeup brush. Um, 
so what about some of the stuff that that they did this week for star wars though like was well, there anything the anybody Fortnite in particular did yes yeah that was Fortnite. cool that's back i'll, I'll say the nice skins too yeah, they, are, they didn't have any new ones though, right? It was just they brought no. back the old ones, which yeah, is kind no. of. Uh, and they teased Kenobi showing up, but kind of is, is to be expected with the way they've been doing things lately. Yeah, I mean, um, half unrelated, uh, Scarlet Witch just came out tonight, Ooh, so I'm sure we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see that soon. Madness and whatnot. Um, yeah, the the yeah, I mean... stuff looked good. It was a good way for them to bring back so much stuff all at once, but they didn't really do anything new. Yeah, I mean, thankfully that they, they didn't tie a crucial plot detail to a movie that hadn't been released to this event. Lame. So that was a that was a good thing they did this time around. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> we did something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they really no, cool. a lot though. Like I was, I, I was pretty happy. The first game I jumped into, I found Kylo Ren's lightsaber, and that's like probably my favorite of all the lightsabers. It's pretty cool. So you just now, how does it work? No, it's, they're just like you just pick them up in game, and That's like it. once if you die, you die with them. Like, I have a problem. As soon as I have one, I cannot not rush people. Like, I no longer yeah, have patience. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm like I'm <laughs> ripping down walls. No, it's it's a disaster. As soon as there's a lightsaber in the game, everyone on my team better know that I'm going to die or kill everything, yeah. and there's no in between whatsoever. No, it's like it's 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 weird because it's like obviously you want to use it, but they're not like hyper effective because there's like huge windows in between like attack frames where you can just get like dummied by someone with oh, a shotgun. If you, get it, if you get it right, you can tear people down. They oh no, you can tear people down big time, but down. like it doesn't like there's no like it doesn't it doesn't operate like an actual like you know, sword in a video game, so there's no, like, knockback animations or anything like so. It's just, like, you're tearing through people, but if they have full shields and, like, the, like, recharge shield and full health, you know, they can pretty easily, like, blow you away with a shotgun if you just get close enough to them. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish they were just, like, harvesting tools, skins, in a way. But... Yeah, I was hoping that, too. Because I was, like, looking at the skins in the store, it's like, oh, neat, but where's the, where's the harvesting tool? Oh, wait, no, they don't have one because it's an actual thing. Uh, yeah, the ones that they included, even like for like Kylo and stuff, are like so like garbage. That and like yeah, there's not really anything that goes with the thematical unless you give them all a gaffy stick from Boba Fett. Like. Mm -hmm. But that's that's nitpicking, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. uh, the Elden Ring mods and stuff people were doing. That was really uh, nice. no. I just no. saw "Let Me Han Solo" her. That's all I. That's the only joke I saw about Elden Ring. I <laughs> that goes back to the earlier toy topic. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh no. Uh... Oh, I just got it. <laughs> oh, that's the Elden Ring. Oh god. <laughs> that's a different line of toys, Jordan. A different line of toys. Um, yeah, no. There's there was a lot of like um, a lot of weird little crossovers for products announced yesterday like starbucks mugs which i mean i would go for but um there's a real trend these days for like merchandise crossing over into home homewares and stuff like mm -hmm. you walk into gamestop you can get like naruto rice cookies yeah. and sailor moon this and that and then i'm kind of tired of all that stuff a little bit have you guys not say, seen at the grocery wait. store like star wars bananas and i mean i've seen yeah i mean that's it's all it's pretty ubiquitous now, I would say. Like, it's literally like anything that's got like 
potential branding possibility, like capability, just gets like branded. Like you know, and yeah, like same thing. Like when when Frozen was big, like like literally like there was like nine different pieces of fruit you could go to a grocery store and buy with like Elsa stickers on them. Yeah, that was an old tradition. I thought. Like, didn't they do that back in the nineties too when we were kids? Like, yeah, it's it's been going on forever. But bark box. Bark box is one of the things that you can get a Star Wars collaboration for. So the hell's you know. a bark box? It's one. Of the, it's, it's a subscription box for dog treats and toys and stuff. I thought you were going to say a subscription service for dogs, like exclusively. No, well, <laughs> like they're the ones who get the service. Not technically, they do. I suppose. <laughs> technically, hey, you can eat those things. treats. They can't order themselves, but um, yeah. So more things to spend your money on than the actual announcements, but uh, that's kind of. Star Wars seems to be kind of recovering still from the pandemic, like movie-wise. Like they were, they were on the, they were set up to do like a movie every year and like alternating with all with Avatar and stuff like that, and that's all fallen by the wayside in lieu of the TV shows and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. like, kind of a quiet official news day for that. Quiet but, official uh, news. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we can kind of move on. Uh, we wanted to talk to Brendan actually about his experience at PAX because you were oh, yeah. in. I can talk about there. PAX. We can um, talk about that thing I went to. God, I hope so. It's <laughs> a thing that happened and you were there. He left his little office, saw real people. <laughs> but he yeah, sure no, um, it's kind of weird to go back to public events because like as PAX is happening, we're also hearing that E3 is basically not happening at all and who knows if it ever will be back. So just to see how PAX handled like post-pandemic world was kind of surreal at times. Um, it was much more empty compared to past years. You had, I think if you go to our Twitch, not a Twitch, our TikTok and our Twitter, you can see images of the show floor and it is much less people on site. It was, I would say about half as full as it was in years past. So into, normally it would be, you'd have Sony there, you'd have Microsoft there, you'd have Twitch there, you'd have Discord there, you have all the big people. Discord there. was there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying, yeah. Just saying, they were there. But this year you had <laughs> people. But you had, like, Intel. I thought had PAX people. was more for, like, indie stuff. It usually is, but Sony always has a presence there. Microsoft usually has a presence there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to it kind of started that way, and yeah. then it got bigger. Like if you look at images of packs from years past, there's massive booths that just kind of show off how much wealth these companies have. And that was missing this year. Intel had a massive booth. It had one that was built four times bigger than I've ever seen Intel do. And it's, it's kind of showing how much Intel's trying to push into the, into people's mindsets of they're the gaming CPU uh, where AMD has taken a lot of that mindshare for a while now. Now, Intel had booths within their booth, too, didn't they? Yeah, so they had basically, they had a stage set up where they had, um, like, different esports people would come on stage and talk about how they got into gaming, what they what really makes them gaming, uh, and then, what makes them gamers, rather. And then they had a little art gallery where, they, where the mouse mats we brought for the office, they had um, uh, kind of the most, like, pictured frames in an area you could kind of walk through and see them all. Uh, and they had like Newegg had a booth within Intel and that had a robot person that was doing stuff. Robot person? Yeah, it I was a robot had, like stilts and stuff that looked like he was a giant robot. Uh, so okay. it wasn't the Shikai sure robot. robot. The what? 
The Shik Hydro Bot. The I'm Legend. Good. No, no. I don't know. <laughs> it was the New Egg Bot, if you want to be fair. Um, okay. But then they had like an area for lap laptops, and they had an area for like their mini PCs. So it really did kind of Intel really kind of went all out. Beyond that, the biggest booths were like Tiny Build, which had a really big booth. <laughs> AMD had a pretty big one, and then you had like um, Private Division, which is Embracer Group's thing. Hmm. And then a lot of smaller studios, like yeah, I think Five or Five Games had a pretty big booth. Focus Home Interactive had a pretty big booth, but it was a lot. But you didn't see the Sony's, you didn't see the uh, EA Games, you didn't see the Activisions. I mean, I sound like a five a five hundred year old man describing those, but you know what I mean. Them's Activisions. <laughs> There wasn't any um, Neversoft. No. <laughs> the Amigas weren't there. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all are yeah. crazy. Um, uh, there was a really cute mushroom. There was a really he cute mushroom. He jiggled his little butt crack. He definitely did that. He definitely did jiggled his butt crack because Gearbox had, was there in pretty big force. Yes. Um, they had a pretty big booth showing off all the things Gearbox does, which is basically just Tiny Tina and Borderlands 3. I mean, I feel they... Yeah. 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 <laughs> but they had a giant mushroom and they did a huge showcase too. They did. They do the giant showcase. So every single year at PAX East, uh Gearbox does kind of a bigger showcase. This year it was kind of done like it was an E3 presser. So they had like, here's what we're doing in like indie games, here's what we're doing in like publishing, here's what we're doing for Gearbox proper. And but because it's still kind of a transition year. And Gearbox is now owned by the Embracer Group because apparently everything's owned by the Embracer Group, which we can probably tangent off of later. Mm. It's heading that um, way anyway, but, um, It kind of felt like they really didn't have that much to announce because the game they were announcing or were kind of like Tenpole released this year, they just released before PAX. So it's like, yeah, Tiny Cheetah's still doing great. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. We finished it already. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, it's still going on. <laughs> Uh, they then they kind of like teased bit. They threw a trailer up for their new um, new DLC, which apparently people don't love, but I don't really know why. Apparently, it's not that deep. Hmm. Uh, but it also had the really cringy moments where Randy Pitchford had to do a magic trick that went on way too long. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the start of that, so I can't. Yeah, no, the magic trick was good though. Was it good? I never. I never you did left. It. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't there. I was there via television. It was a long time. You had a lot of meetings. <laughs> but uh, it was a good magic trick. It just. Did it end well? Did it yeah, work? Yeah, I just don't listen to him anymore. So, yeah, like, that's, mm. that's fair. I don't think anyone wants to. He's a weird man. Uh, so, so, what, like, what was kind of like the biggest thing or like the most exciting thing that you saw personally at the show? Um, the most exciting things I saw, like, I saw the Thunderful had a booth, which is uh, a Norwegian publisher, I want to say, or Swedish. They had uh, the Lego. Bricks. What was it called? Lego Brick Builder. Brick Builder's yeah. Journey. Yeah, um, that was really good. I really. It basically felt like you were playing with Lego and trying to make. It's done by the people that did Bridge Building Simulator. Oh, so, okay. So okay. They did a portal one too, like a portal building simulator where you had like little portal drones and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was really neat because you could actually see your little um, little. What's it called? Bridges and like ramps and stuff, and you got you actually simulate them to see if they actually worked, and you only could use. So he killed everyone. Is what I'm understanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone. Uh, it's a murder is simulator. That was really cool. I really loved how it worked. I think it was 
it's that just was a the one, that was the one i recommend you go to and you yeah, that, was, that you was the first one you were like hey i have thoughts <laughs> like, that's good <laughs> so um so. beyond that uh i really did I, a few things i liked even though they didn't feel finished like um i pulled it up my handy dandy list right now evil west was one i saw as well which was kind of like wild wild west meets vampires i guess would be a way to describe it like the will smith wild wild west yeah like kind of from okay. steampunk wild wild steampunk wild west but imagine there was demons and vampires so the evil west or wild west, west. Evil West. Because yeah, Weird West did the exact same thing. That's that was like a bizarre. studio game. Yeah. Yeah. This is it just it's it's just it's the exact same premise. It's the Wild West with like vampires and such. Yeah, this one is a shooter, a straight up like first person Sam style shooter. Uh so it was really cool. It was at the Focus Home Interactive booth, but because it's hope because it's Focus Home Interactive. I went in expecting bugs, and I got them. <laughs> some great Eurojank going on. It was amazing. Yes. There's like a lot of because they tried having um, some like special moves and stuff like that. But in first-person shooters, they don't, or even third-person shooters, they usually don't work. So you have like this grapple thing, and you just you have to stand in an exact position, hit the grapple, do this grapple, and then just stop because it's not really programmed right. So you just kind of has this jarring motion of now I'm here. <laughs> I guess I'm going to keep going. That, <laughs> but it was so endearing because it it's it's clear the team that's making it really likes the thing they're doing, even if the thing they're doing is insane. So yeah. for that reason, I think it's worth checking out. But it is super janky. Hopefully it gets better. I mean, it seemed like it was an early build, so I'm not going to hold them too much to that one. Um, the other one I really liked was Dolman. And this is by the guys, this is again by Private Division, I want to say. Uh, uh, uh. I love when we make things up. It's my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a list right now. Uh, no, it's, so it's, it's like Dark Souls, but in space. It's like Dark, okay, it'd be more like Dark Souls meets um, Dead Space. Oh, okay. So you're okay. So I'm into that. Weapons, uh, it's a lot of elemental effects, kind of like a, an old ship that's kind of like decaying, with creatures that are kind of coming out of everywhere. And the creatures are kind of like Lovecraftian in a way, kind of weird, like half mouths on the sides and stuff like that. So it, And then there's also the fact that you had like people that have been infected by these creatures. So it, it's it's interesting. And the, and the conceit to why the Dark Souls nature is you're basically going through multiverses because on this planet you're on, there's these crystals that they kind of allow you to kind of transition between the different multiverses. So basically the concept is if you die, that's just one multiverse version of yourself that's gone. So it's fine. It's totally fine. There's it's fine. It's totally that's kind of cool. Yeah. It, it's made by Brazilian team. Um, I've seen this game has been in PAX. I think this is the, I've seen this game at PAX like four or five years ago, but it finally is about ready to release. I think it launches in like two weeks or something like that. Yeah, it's coming up soon. Yeah. I think it's the Next 20th, week, maybe. Um, and I think it's great. I think they've done some really good things with it. I think it feels tight. It looks good. 
it has a great feel to it and it and a great overall concept i'm not sure if it's going to work in like the full game because when you have a 15 minute demo you're not going to test out a dark souls game properly right right yeah no Souls game properly um but those were the there's a lot of so this year there's a lot of like roguelikes so there's a lot of like this is like a castlevania roguelike this is a roguelike like this like yep i guess roguelikes are big what if elden ring just came out um but i think that overall it was good just to see kind of indie studios and smaller studios bringing things that normally wouldn't get the time and i think that's what pax is really for so even in past years you had pax with like borderlands 3 kind of had a first playable demo at pax and people would love that i think duke nukem forever first debuted at pax east so it's nice basically focusing on indie games this year where even though there are people like the embracer group are there and things like that the games they're showing are from smaller teams from and debuting games that wouldn't get like the time at e3 or something like that and i think that's what pax is really for well like in embracer 2 and it's in all its components are typically smaller studios or smaller yeah. lesser known studios so like yeah they still I mean, they maybe part of this gigantic conglomerate that's forming but they're still I think it's one of the biggest game companies in the world now. And what I love about the Embracer Group is the a fact terrible that name for a game company, though. Well, it was, it yeah, was it's fitting. Yeah. So it started with like Penguin Racing Games. Nordic you mean games. you're not a fan? What's the problem? <laughs> I don't. Was a like a family friendly game company, and they just they kept buying little studios because they could because family games sell really well. And now they're just one of the a massive conglomerate that owns basically everything. It's headed that way. Yeah, they're definitely embracing a lot of things. Ooh. Uh. Nordic for a while. And they're like, nope, we're now in the Embracer group, apparently. It's not at all uh, signaling their intent. <laughs> yeah, so embrace everything in the giant conglomerate nature. Like, they own Deep Silver now. They own... It's a much more subtle name than the Borg. Like, yeah. They'll all be assimilated. But yeah, it was actually a pretty good show. And I think it is just kind of great to see how cons have changed and how there are more precautions in place. They're not just like cramming as many people like sardines in this one space anymore. Like even the sold out day apparently wasn't crazy. Hmm. So they did limit how many people could be there and not just trying to sell as many tickets as they could, but rather find a way to make it so it's comfortable for people to be there and feel comfortable being in that space. That's encouraging, though, yeah, because, like, you know, we have Niagara Falls Comic Con coming up and other yep. conventions around the neighborhood are, like, popping up. And it's, like, even the free comic book days this weekend, and I'm, like, do I want to go break the crowds? And, like, what's that going to look like? And yeah. so it's, it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, a big official event like that is taking some steps, at least. I mean, let's be clear, there was still definitely a COVID outbreak at PAX. So, there you was. Know. Yeah. <laughs> it did happen. You were gone it, yeah. before it happened, technically. It was gone before it happened, but, yes, like, apparently there was a... a um, COVID outbreak. So even though they took precautions, things still happened. It's really going to redefine that uh, convention cold that always comes around. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be definitely COVID every single time now. Yeah, it's going to be convention COVID. Yay. Convention <laughs> this is, this COVID. is life now. COVID I, invention. No, that sucks. Sorry. I, do think it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's interesting just to see how 
like this con went on, but E3 is kind of done. Like, I don't think we're good. I don't know if we're ever going to see an E3 again, but they are. I think of... E3 just figured out they could do it just as big from home. Yeah. And they went, you know, what's great that, and you know what? I didn't hate doing E3 from your couch. Yeah. That's fair. That's good. I drink my hands. I mean, nothing more day drinking, there, but like, yeah, no, I don't know about more day drinking. Less running, I think, is more. <laughs> it's more time for day drinking. <laughs> I mean, if you can't drink and run, can you even drink? Should you drink and run? No, you shouldn't. <laughs> don't do proven. But yeah, I, I'm down for E3 from the couch. I mean, it's going to be more of an event next time. I'm going to have snacks. Because <laughs> that, that makes the event, yeah. Yeah, now it's an event. There's hors d'oeuvres and beverages that don't come in a can. That's not true. There'll be beverages that's, in a can. That's probably, probably. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, also wanted to kind of bridge off from that into uh, some updates on the kind of industry work standards that we're seeing because there's been a lot yeah. of talk about unions and such in in the industry. And uh, what kind of brought this on for me was uh, Game Freak is is instituting an optional four-day work week, which sounds really good in the paper. A lot of people are doing research into this and seeing the benefits of it in certain European countries and such. Mm -hmm. However, in Game Freak's case, it comes with a pay cut. That seems counterintuitive. Yeah, one step forward, one step back. It's a step like, forward for everybody mentally and a save money for the company. Like, isn't the point of the four-day work week is people can get most of the... They're not productive over five days. So if you take four days and make it really productive for those four days, the rest means they're going to be more productive when they come back. That's the concept. Theoretically. Theoretically. Um, yeah, or like, you know, you in, instead of five nine-hour work weeks you, or five work days, you get, you know, four 10 or 11-hour work yeah. days and kind of achieve the same results. Um, this is the first I've heard personally of a pay cut, though, because why would you deserve to get paid less because you're working for normally you'd up the hours so um, yeah. my partner used to do a four-day work week uh he used to sell furniture here and uh you'd instead of doing an eight eight hour day five days a week you'd do 10 hours a day four days a week yeah. um which made for really long days but still absolutely preferred it because you have your day of chores your day of obligations and then your day of rest mm -hmm. and it, it was a good system but um to have to now only make the money for 32 hours a week instead of 40 doesn't sound like a great time yeah it doesn't sound great at all yeah because you're still doing the same job in the same hours now you just got to get more done in the time yeah exactly um, and then uh, that's also contrasted by other companies union busting. Nintendo's being the like the latest to be accused of this. Union busting now? Yeah. Was, uh... <laughs> Chris makes a face. Jordan goes, "Yep." I thought there was more was... to that. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, there, there, yeah, there's there's there have been uh, allegations uh, levied by. Um, uh, I, I believe it was a one of the it was a contract employee at Nintendo who um, says that uh, that yeah that I guess that they were he like you know they were they were let go for sort of like unfair reasons and uh, they were trying to like you know try to get a union or like try to like get like you know signatures for a union uh, like vote and. 
Nintendo kind of like, well, that was that was part of the rumor that that, that that like that's what they were doing initially was that like they were kind of like going around and seeing like who would be in favor of unionization and Nintendo got rid of them. Um, Nintendo issued a statement saying that uh, they were like a, just like a contract employee and uh, and they sort of like you know broke Nintendo company policy, so like for that reason they were let go, um, which of- like. I, I, you know, like, what, like, pick one. Nintendo's so like stringent with their like bullshit policies. Yeah, no kidding. I know. mean, it, it's as if they're not a perfect company, like Jordan thinks they are. <laughs> I never said they were. I know that they're bullshit. I mean, I was a bit surprised because, like, for the most part, I like, like, leading up to the, 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 the accusations, I was like, you know, most stories you hear from people who work at Nintendo say it's a pretty, like decent place to work like they have really good like you know like work-life balance they have like they have good hours they don't enforce crunch they have like good like vacation uh like like paid vacation time um but then like i think um i think it was polygon wrote like published an article with um a lot of uh like testimonials from from people like contract workers who did work for nintendo who basically said like yeah like if you're a contract and this is just like this is just the entire industry. It's not really, really just mm-hmm. doesn't like end at Nintendo. This is the entire industry treats contract workers like absolute dog shit. Um, mm-hmm. Then that was basically like, yeah, like a lot of people said, like, you know, if you're a contract worker, even at Nintendo, you have like no security. And like, it's like, yeah, like they'll, they could let you go for like the, the slightest thing. And, uh, you know, so initially it was surprising, but then, yeah, like, you know, and uh, James Stephanie Sterling kind of, uh, hit it on the head with their video where they kind of said like this is so like it's so common in the industry now that it's almost like it's like mundane like it's like how can you be like surprised by it anymore well it's it, kind it of sucked. like the, the, Go it goes back to the, the, the thing about the the, the 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 employee being fired for you for sensing out the the interest in union well like of course he did i mean that's been the case since union started it sucks and it shouldn't happen but I mean, technically, they, I'm sure there's a clause saying that was a thing that you can't do. So, I mean, yeah, of course, it's just typical at this point. It's yeah. Sad that it's still the case, but. Well, that's kind of ties into, um, oh, what's his name? The guy from Bal- Balin? 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 Balin Wonderworld. Balin Wonderland. Director. Yeah. Wonder Wonderworlds, right? Wonderland. It should be Wonderlands, but it's not. It's Wonderland. Wonderworld, like a... more like. Yeah, but that he, he sued his employers over his termination because he came out saying this game is not ready and he mm-hmm. was right sounds like six months would have saved it anyways i don't think that would game was gonna be ready for a long time but uh yeah hairy situation there too um definitely not job security that's for sure <laughs> yeah. you think yuji naka the, well, the fathers of sonic would be secure but but that's that, that, that that's like that's even like you don't even have to like you don't even like it doesn't you know yuji naka is like name doesn't mean anything i mean look at how badly konami was treating uh kojima up until he like left the company like you know even though he was like one of the biggest names in gaming and and probably the biggest name associated with konami they like practically forced him to like finish metal gear 5 in a room by himself and like wouldn't let him like communicate with his team like Mm-hmm. <sighs> Although no more encouragingly, there's also uh, more positive signs of, of, of unions happening at BioWare with their contractor employees. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that seems to be gathering some steam. So hopefully that is something that uh, can kind of set some precedent. Well, that's the hope. I mean, like, <laughs> I think the industry is due for a change. The ages of crunch and that sort of thing kind of have to end. Like, it's not sustainable to kind of expect people to be thinking, you know, you'll be in the office 25 hours a day, and that's fine. But it's only Impressive. 24 hours in the, boss, in the day, boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think mm -hmm. that it's that sort of thing, that sort of mentality is going to have to go away. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, like, what's going on with Activision Blizzard, Activision Blizzard and that takeover, there's definitely still them trying to, like, stop any chance that unions can kind of, kind of grow up from what they're doing in that studios. So hopefully, well, this is kind of discouraging to see this happening. Hopefully this is kind of a rallying cry for people that do want to unionize and you do want to say they won't be kind of pushed down by the need to get a game out on a certain budget or just need to make sure that they um, get it out to fit a certain fiscal deadline and kind of hurt themselves in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, like it's gonna be a gradual process too. I mean, look at Starbucks in the states; like, yeah, they've been fighting for that for years, and they're just getting some steam. But now that they are getting that steam, it's picking up pretty fast. Like you're seeing them unionize across the board almost. So, um, I actually, I, I just remember I was gonna bring up something when you talk about Nintendo, Jordan. I, I just started reading uh, Reggie Felsamay's uh, memoirs. Came out this mm -hmm. week, um, but at the start of it, he was talking about when he when he flew back to see um, Awada before his death. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, like, like even even in that process, like there was a very strict um, schedule. So like you know, they were certain hours you couldn't get into the building at that like before that. Like they like they, there was an exception made so that so that he could meet Awada when Awada wanted to see him like at eight thirty in the morning. Yeah. I'm gonna um, need you to stop saying yeah. that name. Awada. Awada. When Awada. Awada. <laughs> Awada <laughs> I don't like it. It's um, too much. So yeah, like I, I I think there is a bit of a aspect of like culture shock or culture differences between these studios where you have a big, you know the main branch in Japan or somewhere else, and then you have North American labor laws. Like I think that's going to be mm -hmm. a, like a, a roadblock as well at some point for sure because there's very different cultures when it comes to work mentalities. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's. It's it's weird, but it's like no more better, you know, just in terms of like practice, I guess, because, yeah, for, at least from what I've heard, like culturally in uh, at least like Japan, you know, <laughs> working is a very like, you know, it's a very like disciplined thing. Right. And it's like there's a lot of um, like respect that goes behind it. Right. It's like part of the reason why, you know, at least from like what I've heard, you know, what happened between um, Sony and Nintendo back in the day when they sort of like pen penned a deal or like sort of not even penned a deal, kind of just like talked about, you know, sent, uh, creating a, a disk-based system. And then Nintendo kind of just went behind their back and went with Philips instead. And that mm -hmm. was like, you, 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 like you broke our, our arrangement like you are like now you are excommunicado like right so but but even still like that 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 like just culturally that idea that like you know work is this this is this super important thing like not to say that it isn't because obviously like you know having uh like a career path and having a job is very important but it's not like you know the be-all end-all of life right but mm -hmm. both there and even in like even like stateside you know you're sort of like taught to believe that it is and you know that's how 
a lot of companies and a lot of people with a lot of money have been able to exploit people by creating this idea that like having a job is super important. And if you don't have a job, you have nothing in this life. And, you know, for you to have this job, we're going to get to have all the, like, you know, all the power in the situation. Yeah, no, there's, yeah. Like I said, it's going to be a very, very different meshing of things. Cause like, I, I, like I'm, I'm sure the whole idea of a union is very confusing or very alien almost to like the Japanese perspective. Like, well, why would you need this? Like, you know, why do <laughs> You're you telling me your billionaire boss doesn't have your best interests at heart? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Just, you just don't do that over there as far as I know. <laughs> like, so that will eventually, I'm sure have to be reconciled and it, that'll be different for a obstacle for another day, I guess. But it's good to see, you know, little by little one goes far. And I think we're starting to see some whispers and some, you know, small steps forward on that. So all the power to you, game industry employees. We, we got I mean, back. historically this week, we've uh, kind of seen that uh, when the when the bell of change began well, to rung, people ran very swiftly in the opposite direction. Yeah, that's a whole other kettle of ugly fish. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Different podcast, yeah. Um, <laughs> just staggered by that one. Um, so yeah, Dana, you wanted to uh, on a more rosy subject. <laughs> you wanted to talk about some officially licensed merch and gaming peripherals. I did. Did I want to do that? No, uh, you changed your mind. Yeah, I, I don't want to change. <laughs> I gave do up. Do you have any like officially licensed snacks? Because that's a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I just I. <laughs> That's true. Again, we discussed Star Wars breaks earlier. Um, no, there was some cool things that came out specifically this week, but that come out often. I mean, Chris, you had that uh, that Destiny uh, Steel Series set that came out that looked pretty sweet. I think it's in can't front quite, of you. Can't yeah. quite get it on the screen, but yes, I don't think I have anything like that personally. But um, this week alone, a lot of cool stuff came out. So obviously with Star Wars Day, we talked a little bit about it, but um, Razer has partnered with uh, with Star Wars and they have some really cool controllers coming out for, uh, I believe they're just for Xbox. I think so, yeah. Xbox? I'm trying to decide. I don't know if it's Razer and Xbox or if it was all Razer because they did it. Ooh, what's that guy? Uh, I'm so prepared. No, it's Razer and Star Wars and that one's an Xbox controller, but I'm not sure if they have other ones. Um, so they came out with their Stormtrooper controller uh, and then same company Razer, they've released a bunch of stuff with Marvel. So they've got Captain America controllers, which I believe somebody has in the room with them currently. Just watching, yeah. mm-hmm. So uh, that was what kind of sparked this, but then Scuff, um, who I don't have a ton of experience with, they have a partnership with Coca-Cola right now. And they came out with a full set of Coca-Cola gaming gear. There's, uh, I believe, mouse, mouse pad, and keyboard, possibly a headset. I'm going to triple check. And I'm wondering, like, at what point that just comes crap. Not that the stuff is crap, but the only place that I can see that Honestly, the only place I can see that is, have you ever watched those shows like people with giant collections and they just have like half of a house full of Coca-Cola gear from 1922, you know? That's just one more piece in the wall, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel like. Um, Some of it's cool. Like, yeah, the Captain America skins on the Razor controllers are neat and whatnot. But who wants Coca-Cola? 
And I'm sure yeah. there's weirder ones. Like Brendan, they talk, you want a Coca-Cola gear? Really? You gotta use words, Jordan. Putting up your hand doesn't work on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Oh Audio no, it's a, it looks like a I didn't want people control. to know about it. Oh, I told everybody. Here's the thing though. If you look at it, when you think of your Coca-Cola set, it looks nothing like Coca-Cola. It's to celebrate their new, um, their new flavors. Clear Coca-Cola. <laughs> just, just well, so got... a clear controller. I think this one specifically is for Coca-Cola Bite, quote unquote. Uh, Coca-Cola Bite isn't just the drink for gamers; it's the drink for dreamers. There, I plugged Ooh. it. Coca-Cola plugged Remember, you. Who remembers? I feel like it was maybe maybe five or. Four years ago, because I remember it, I, it was like one of the one of the stories. I don't think I actually, maybe I did cover it, like back when I kind of started writing. When uh, when Doritos was pitching like a specific line of chips specifically for girls, because apparently girls don't eat Doritos. <laughs> and we all laughed. It's like cosmopolitans. I think I think I I I I feel like this is like maybe I'm making it up, but I feel like part of the pitch was that they were pink, where the bag was pink, and it was like I think it's like part I think if I remember correctly, part of the marketing was like that like because Doritos are like you know you get all dust on your hands, you gotta suck them off, and and you know they they're they're really like crunchy like like girls can enjoy the crunch the very like i guess it's a very manly thing to crunch down on your chip really hard i like to lick um, my cheesy fingers at the end yeah everyone does I'm it's badass <laughs> you know, like, whether or not, whether or not you made that up or or just misremembering it that is something they would do i could totally see that company dude being i like, yeah, promise you would happen girls. I, I I believe it. I can see it happening. <laughs> Who's to say? But like, this is a weird world we live in, and they would totally do that because pandering. Anyway, what I was gonna say about the Coca-Cola set is like when you think Coca-Cola, you're gonna think the red and white, and it's not at all. It's pink and purple and teal and black. And honestly, if it didn't have like Coca-Cola slapped across it, I'd really like it. It's uh the keyboard itself, it's got like lavender keys, but the C-O-K-E are hot pink. There's a random teal escape key, but I dig that because that's some of color. Um, so they look really nice, but oh yeah, that's not. They're just gonna cool end up in someone's weird dungeon somewhere. Weird why why make it not even like the right shade of red? That's yeah. Yeah, it's not like I don't know. It's too bad. It's actually like kind it. of a cool color, not for the Coke logo on there. Yeah, but. like I, I like it. It's pretty, but I need it to not say Coca Cola. Um, and I know if you check out Razor, like I said, they're doing the the Stormtrooper, and they've got Captain America coming out. But I was looking through their like officially licensed merchandise, and they have like Animal Crossing backpacks, and they have all kinds of stuff. I saw like a hat on their site earlier when you were probably went on the air, like a Star Wars hat, just. Not doing gaming anything, just Star Wars merchandise. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, everyone get a piece of the pie, apparently. <laughs> that's uh that that Stormtrooper controller is nice and all, but the, it's not as nice as the Mandalorian one they did. That one is that's a piece of work. That and the Boba Fett one are pretty cool. And I wish that uh, there's more uh, PS5 controllers like that because Xbox is getting all the cool licensed crossovers right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
That's that's just the stuff that I saw this week. I mean, I'm sure we go down a scary rabbit hole of things that have come out. Yours, the Destiny stuff makes sense. I mean, this is you know. nice, actually. I really liked how that stuff looked. Yeah, like it's 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 a beautiful mousepad. Like every day, I'm like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> but that's because, like, you know, if you if you if you like the imagery from a certain franchise, like I always love the menus in Destiny. Like when you're loading up, and it's got all that kind of sacred geometry type stuff on my desktop now. So it's yeah, the nice little things to have. Then like you don't need to have them, but if if you're really into that thing, then you know, go for it. Yeah, why not? All right. Um, oh, yeah, she puts uh, you want to also mention your headset as well, right? I guess no one else really has anything to talk about with it, but look how pretty it is. It's nice. <laughs> I know, it's I don't want to like it's hold great. On. All the listeners could definitely <laughs> check that out. Dana is now putting her headphones up to the camera. Shut up, I did. Thank you for narrating. I'm, for I'm doing, yeah, I'm narrating. Thank <laughs> you. Like a dark this is a podcast, remember? It's cobalt blue. And, oh, okay. Okay, so blue's my, like, I'm a sucker for blue. I just said I'm a sucker for teal, but nothing ever comes in teal in this <laughs> in this route. Mm-hmm. Um, so I opened it up, and I was so excited about the color. Uh, one of our other writers, Philip, got uh, the black and gold version. Oh, nice. um, it's just a really nice, yeah, his is different. It's a really nice, rich color. I feel like it kind of matches my shirt today. I'm rocking some Zelda. Um, it's super comfortable. It's actually today I had some crackling with it, and I hadn't the entire time I was testing it. So now I'm confused. Like, I think I crack- my voice crackled twice when I played Fortnite a couple week ago or so uh but tonight i've heard a little crackling but that could be because of the way i have it set up with my pc right now mm. podcast makes me rearrange my living room and nothing is good uh, <laughs> so yeah i really like it uh it's technically built for xbox but the fun fact about this is that it can actually be used with anything um really? so not only yeah it comes with a 2.4 uh dongle so I don't have to deal with my wireless uh, Xbox connectivity issues that I've had with every other wireless headset. Uh, and I can really easily just like pop it out of my Xbox into my PlayStation, into my Nintendo Switch, uh, into the PC. It has Bluetooth connectivity as well. So it's hooked up to my phone too. So if you guys start texting me right now, I'll get really, really annoyed. <laughs> so it's dual channel too then? Or? Yeah, I can, I can oh, do nice. both. Uh, yeah, and it's not as messy like I... I learned my lesson when I did the Steel series that I will not connect it to my computer and to my Xbox because it will break everything. <laughs> so just my phone. But well, I really and like the, it. And the dongle helps with that too. Like I've come to appreciate the dongle on a on a headset. Yeah, I like I like that it's got both because I know some people like Jordan. You hate the dongle, right? Uh, I don't hate the dongle. I okay. I appreciate it for what it does. But it annoys me that you can call something wireless when it is indeed in f- like tethered to something else. But it's I mean, wireless. wireless because you don't have a wire connecting the two things together. Yeah, but that you can't like wireless. Bluetooth it to your phone and go for a walk. It, it has didn't to say be Bluetooth. A... It says wireless. Those aren't the same. Well, thing. wireless, I would think, implies that. Well, this one Anchorless. is that because you can do both. And that was kind of my point in the first place. I was yeah. like, I think what I That's said about it the most in my review is that. You have all the options. You can use it any way you want to. You can use it on any system you want to. Um, I actually, when I first, dumb girl moment, uh, when I first pulled it out, I was looking at it and the mic folds up like inside the headset here. And 
I had thought that I just got a pair of headphones for a while. Like I was like, I don't, I didn't think they did that. I thought it was supposed to be a headset, but that's Where cool. Why would it be for Xbox that, oh, I are dumb. And I flipped it down. So it tucks away really neatly. Uh, the controls are su super simple. There's Bluetooth on off and mode, and then two dials, one for your chat mixer and one for your volume. Uh, when you get into the Bluetooth um, uh, controls, I guess, so, it's just one Bluetooth button for your play, your pause, your fast forward, your rewind, your skip, your, so that gets a little much. It's double click twice, click three times really fast, click three times and hold, click twice and hold. That was too long. <laughs> like, mm. Click so, your heels together three times. Let's yes, say there's no place yeah. like Bluetooth. You do need to be a magician, but that's pretty on par for most devices. I really like it. Uh, I love the way it sounds. I It's my favorite now. It's and sharp looking, it's, even from here, like it looks fantastic. Yeah, and it's uh, 199, um, which is cheaper than most headsets of the same, or yeah. at least on par, and it does a lot more. So, so what, what's what's the model? Like, so what's it called? Oh, sorry, <laughs> I guess I should say that. It's it's a mouthful. It's the Turtle Beach Stealth 700 Gen 2 Max for Xbox. And there is one, I believe, specifically for PlayStation as well. Uh, both of them, though, this one does a 3D audio on the PlayStation. Uh, they're prepped for Dolby Atmos and whatever the really? Windows surround sound is. Yeah. See, I was telling you last night, and you're like, it does things? I'm like, it does. It does so many things. I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, it does everything. Whatever you want it to do, it'll happen. Uh, it'll or wash it your might car. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it'll, it'll go to your room when you need to yell at your kids to put them to bed. You know, <laughs> it'll <laughs> amplify your voice when you yell at your kids. <laughs> Headset, go. <laughs> Has floating devices in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh... We, we love a good headset around here, for sure. Jordan, uh, what have you been playing? Something you wanted to bring up. Uh, what have I been playing? Well, um, I got uh, a little a little treat. <laughs> so I, uh, a little you know, game theory. I, I started... Uh, I started writing my my review and I and I think this is a pretty good thought. You know, a lot of times people tell you to never judge a book by its cover. And I think that that's pretty solid advice. You know, it's like you can't you can't really know something just by look alone. But then I think there's times where that works in the reverse uh, because Dana, you know, lovely human being that she is put up uh, a review option for a game in the chat and you know me being somewhat uh lazy just kind of looked at the screenshots that were that were included you know she put a couple up and i was like hey this game looks interesting it looks like a kind of a cool like throwback you know uh like top down rpg kind of looks like zelda-ish like I'm, I'm into this so i so i put my name up to review it because I was like, I could use a new, like, cool game to review. And boy, was I disappointed. <laughs> um, this is nothing that I expected. So the game it's uh, the game in question is called Dungeons of Dreadrock. It is a mediocre puzzle game that was a mobile game first. Uh, ported to the Switch because, you know, when you are sort of a maybe not the best decision maker you uh, and and with nintendo's super lax 
policy on games in the eShop. You could just put any old stupid mobile game on the Switch. Um, it's very dull. Uh, you know, it's just even like like story wise it's like you know boy goes into dungeon does not come back sister goes to rescue um every level is like you know there's a hundred floors of this dungeon i got up to about maybe like 46 and i was like all right i'm like i'm done like this is just this is this is neither raising nor lowering the stakes in any significant way and i just like can't be bothered and it's like it's like any of those kind of like puzzle games that you play where it's like you know, it's like it's there's no there's no real thought process in, involved in it, right? Like it's not it's not at all challenging. It's just like you know you might you might mess up a couple times or have to reset a couple times, and it's just like the the, the thing kind of just lays itself out for you as you do. Um, but then at other times, it's also very like it's very like esoteric. Like there was one, you know, a lot of puzzles involve just like putting a thing on a switch to open a door, but like one there was one moment where i needed to get a rock to put down on a switch and i couldn't figure out what was going on because there was nothing in the room that indicated like that this was a thing i could anything i could pick up um so i had to like use the game's hint system which will basically just tell you flat out how to solve the puzzle so there's like there's like no like mystery involved in this (laughs) so you can just literally just press a button it'll tell you how to solve the whole thing um, and, but, and, and so the element that was missing that there was one little like off color brick in a wall that was the rock that I had to pick up to get the switch to like activate. And then other times too, it's like, you could tell that the, the puzzles aren't very well designed either. Cause it was like another, another moment where sort of the same thing. I, I, you know, you go into a room and there's a very, like very thin sort of like S shaped path with like water on all sides. There's a guy at the bottom who throws a spear at you. Um, you can sort of lead him around to sort of like throw it horizontally so it hits the wall. But it's like, but if you don't time it right, he'll throw it vertically and it'll just land in the water and then the puzzle's done. You can't solve it. So you have to just reset and start over. Like it's just just stupid. Um, so that was a real bummer. Uh, <laughs> so instead, I, I, fi- I, I, hopped onto, uh, I hopped onto the eShop and uh, I picked up a game that I had had my eye on for a little while, but I hadn't like gotten around to playing it. Um, it's called Demon Turf. Okay. Very cool, like concept. It's not like the 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 most well designed, uh, but it's got like it's just got such a sense of style, and it's got such a like 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 cool ideas behind it. So it's just sort of like a 3D platformer. It's published by Playtronic, of, of which I didn't realize. Um, Playtronic, for those who don't know, is the company that started up with uh, like former members of the Banjo Kazooie team. They made uh, Ukulele, oh, um, okay. and you can kind of see like you can kind of see why they would pick up a game like this. It's just it's sort of like pure like platformer. There's some combat in it, but it's not like the deepest. Um, but the thing that's really cool about it that it does like that it's like you kind of wish more games would do it. Um, it's so like everything kind of operates on a 3D like design, but the main character and like a lot of the other characters are designed like as sort of like 2D 2D sprites. So I don't know if you ever saw there's a, there was a fan game, uh, Sonic Roboblast. Sort of Not did the same long. thing. It was it was built in a Doom mod, and uh, it sort of does a similar thing. Everything's like the whole like all the like the at like the the surroundings 
and the environments are in like are in 3D like polygons but then all like the enemies and stuff and like sonic is like you could like done in like sprite work and they like they had to animate in like eight different directions this like flat sprite and it like it looks really cool and it works really well like initially i thought it would be weird to be moving around a two-dimensional character in a 3d space like as a platformer like you know because paper mario does it but like yeah we're not not the same like you know not with full control of the camera right right and uh yeah like it just it just it's a lot of fun. Like I just genuinely have been like wanting to play it because it's just like, you know, the, the, the best elements of like a Mario game built into this really unique little like indie offshoot. Right. So kind of like what Brendan was saying about um, like packs recently, I, I, I find myself very dejected with the triple a space, like nothing that has come out in the triple a space lately like maybe with the Elden exception Ring, of Elden though. Ring. Yeah. I was gonna say with the exception of like yeah. Elden Ring. That didn't like... even like cross my mind when we mentioned it earlier. <laughs> oh, that well, massive game. You know what? Oh yeah. As much you know what I think I think but even like even like as far as AAA goes like From is a very like unique studio because they kind of only have like one thing that they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not like the like the like you know they're, oh, no, they're not an Activision. They do two things, Jordan. <laughs> What's the second thing? I wasn't. They do. They do armor core, don't they? Oh yeah, that's right. They do do armor core. That's right. Front mission, they do front mission. They do front mission. Oh yeah, and front mission. That's true. Yeah. Oh so my god. They do front missions. And yeah, and and Tenchu. They, but they haven't made a Tenchu. I mean, unless you call it Sekiro. Yeah. That's <laughs> but like, but that's what I mean. Like, you know, when you you when you think about from software in the AAA space, you don't you know you wouldn't stack them up against like you know like yeah like you know. um a Bethesda or a Ubisoft or one of sure. those guys, right? Like, so yeah, like it's just like everything that's coming out in the AAA space has been very boring and just very like samey. It's nothing's really like like mm -hmm. grabbed me, but like so I'm I'm trying to get more into like actually like diving into the indie space a little bit more because at least that way you can find even like some of the more bad stuff is still unique bad and like interesting. good. Well, that's what I mean, like, because 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 there are there are times like in the in like like with the indie games, you know, with some notable exceptions, um, where like you could you know even even if it was bad, like it had like a unique enough idea that it was like okay, like you know I I could enjoy this for like what it was what it was right, like it, it didn't didn't get all the way, but it, it tried something new. You know, when's the last time you really felt like the AAA space genuinely tried something new? Well, I mean, again, from software. Well, but okay, without with the exception of from software. I mean, can you do that? Can you say name something? <laughs> well, not that. Name well, not that's different. It's it's. I mean, again, like it's different. And like you Elden know, Ring is still kind of a lot of the same. Yeah. <laughs> previous stuff. I don't so. know. It, See, for me, well, no, Elden Ring looked like it was a game that like was going to pull from more like Skyrim and stuff like that. Cause I was never a part of like the soul. Yeah. That's, that's, I guess that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm sitting with that one too. Is that like, you know, you point, you look at stuff like that, like, you know, Bethesda makes another elder scrolls and it's just going to be the same bullshit that they've been doing with, uh, you know, Skyrim and fallout. Like Ubisoft makes the same goddamn game every six months. Like who, who even wants to play that? You know, every Ubisoft's call of duty is, yeah, exactly. This one's got a new hat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have That's to give what you I that because, like, like for me, I usually only play the AAA games. Like those mm -hmm. are those are more my 
my style, they hold my attention. And and we were talking about this earlier. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I love the game. It's a yeah. lot of fun, but it's just not holding me. Like I don't keep going back to it. You want to know what I keep going back to? Prepare Sorry, for judgment. Probably. It's Cat Wait, Cafe was... Manager. Oh. <laughs> I am playing Cat <laughs> Cafe Manager. I still got that actually. It's fun. And I've got my 11 year old niece has been staying with me all week because my brother's off living his best life. Uh, and that's what we do when we come home. She plops down on the couch, grabs my switch controller, and she's playing Cat Cafe Manager. There's a cat named Kalena. That's my handle. I told her she can't sell it or I'll kill her. Um, and, and that's what's holding my attention now. And, and, you know, if you met me five years ago, I probably wouldn't have been playing Stardew Valley. Like those weren't yeah. games that I used to jump into ever. So, I mean, it's some things to be said. They they are, maybe I'm just changing. Maybe that's what happens when you get older. You automatically like older style video games. I'm regressing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going oh, I, back. And, and now I'm hearing a landslide in my head. There you go. <laughs> I don't think, I, you know, I don't now. think it's, I don't think it's that you get older and you like older style games. I think it's you get older and you appreciate that the like older games, like, came from a time when genuine creativity still existed and now the industry is so like dominated by just like market data and and shareholder expectations and all that other like really bull crappy stuff that stifles innovation and that's just that's just the landscape we find ourselves in now so you know you can't have a, a like part of it too, I, I, I was gonna say it was like you know technical limitations like made it so they had to do it a certain way, and I think that's something you're not the te the, the technical bar has moved to a different point altogether now. So now this is you know sameness is kind of a thing we keep bumping into instead of like you know this old things born out of limitations. I just want yeah to I, yeah no, yeah a hundred percent absolutely yeah when you when you have those kinds of limitations you have to find ways to like work with them and make unique stuff right like yeah whatever yeah, just, just copy paste the same you know unity assets and like engines that are just like pre-made actually speaking of Elden ring let's just quickly say that i restarted the game and uh enjoying it much more as a samurai did you kill the nice dragon? there you go kill the dragon got it in five minutes as opposed to the five minutes cool. I spent on my old save file doing absolutely nothing. What did you get? Um, like, what is it like? Seventy? Did you do it with the pickled? The the thing? Yeah, the I forget what it's called. Yeah, oh, Brendan's <laughs> forgetting how microphones work, so he's cutting in and out when he talks. But uh, the pickled what? Foul. Rick. No, stop. Just, stop that. Something stop. pickled. Stop. There's something. Sorry. Pickled. Do not. Up in traffic, but you from pickle Rick. But, um, but yes, that that thing from the beach where you start, yeah, the the boost of souls, yeah. So that's like thirty three levels or something. I think it was for me. Yeah, it's quite nice. a bit. Um, so I kept. Uh, I found a, I found one dragon because there's like a there's a like a quest if you go to um uh was it La Lunaria of the Lakes? Yep. And um, I got to that magic city, but like the gates locked, and there's like a note that tells you where like where to find the key. So I was like, okay, this is my like, this is my quest for now. I'm gonna go to that place. I'm gonna get that key. I'm gonna go back to the, uh, I'm gonna go back to the, the magic city. I hear city you like and, strutting. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I thought maybe like it, there would be like a, just like a, it was just like a little landmark, whatever. There'd be like a little, like a, like a dungeon or something to go into. No, there was a big f off dragon just waiting where you need to go. So I just like hurriedly just grabbed the item I I needed. 
Um, I kept, I you know, I did, I did try to take on the dragon. Um, I kept getting it to about half health, and just like anytime, like I ran into its, uh, it's like I, I guess it's, I guess it's magical fire because it's blue, so it doesn't, it's, it's not like, it's not like fire damage. It's actual like magic damage, and uh, oh yeah, that was just like one hit kill like instantly. So. Ooh. I got. Uh, I was like, I was determined because I was like, I can. I'm getting it down, so it's not like I'm not like dealing damage, and I'm not like getting like like getting close to victory. But holy shit, did that thing just hit like a truck? <laughs> like everything does in that game, I think. <laughs> yeah. Not was, just like uh... a dragon. Yeah, I knew a thing. Yeah. Look at me go. Uh, I'm, by... I'm sure if you woke it up, it would probably be. Uh... Apparently, it's massive. Like if you, there is actually a way to get it woken up, and it is just like one of the biggest bosses in the game. I was reading that if you if you attack its head, it wakes up or something. But, okay, but uh, I wasn't willing to test that out. Beats <laughs> leg a lot. I've I've died yeah, enough in that game. I just want to throw this out there. Part. I am more likely to wake up if you stab me in the leg than in the brain. You'd think, but no, you nope. also don't have like a gazillion hit points. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of hit. Yeah, points. Right. I'll work on that. I'm, I'm leveling up, guys. <laughs> No, see, that's the thing about getting older and like as a human, like you get less hit points. Yeah, it's a it's a real unfair. I am much easier to kill. I there we have different bars. There's your hit points, so like how much it would actually take to kill you. Then there's also like your will to live. Mm. That's a whole different yeah. bar. And that one, mm, she's not yeah. as strong as she used to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ah, oh, humor. Sad uh, we, humor. We laughed to keep from crying. <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't laugh. We'd cry. I think it's gonna do it for us this week, though. Uh, if you'd like, what? Do you have more to say? No, I just was excited that we we did surprised it. that we well, finally made it to the end. Not four hours. It's not eleven. I can have snacks at a reasonable hour. I mean, it's six minutes to eleven. I, yeah, so it's not eleven. Yeah, I was gonna say it was, we're about on average for our podcasting time. Yeah, but Brendan made us late again, so it's fine. I guess that's it's true. All fine. And we can um, win the boss. Who cares? If you'd like to read more on these topics and more, like uh, our review of Trek to Yomi, which just went up today, uh, you can do so on cgmagonline.com. Be sure to follow CG Magazine on all the socials. Just search for CG Mag. You'll find us. And if you have any questions or comments, send them to podcast at cgmagonline.com. Jordan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me messing around on Instagram sometimes and messing around on TikTok sometimes at NinjaXJordan. And you can find me messing around on YouTube sometimes at Ninja Jordan Reviews. Do a lot of sometimes things, basically. Just follow. Ah, you know what I feel like it. I'm slowly getting off stuff. Just follow the mess, and you'll find them. Uh, yeah. Dana, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Dana Eileen. If you can't find me, there's a chance there's no the. That's my TikTok, I think. <laughs> I changed it. Now I'm lost. Branding. <laughs> So uh, you said Brandon. Brandon. I'm like, who's Brandon? That's <laughs> enough. Branding. Brandon. Uh, Brandon. Brandon. Or Brenda. He gets that a lot. <laughs> Brenda, Brendan, where people find you? Uh B Fry26 on basically everything. And you can catch me at on Twitter at Hoogathy or here on Twitch at Guild Two Taps. Uh so thanks uh, thanks for tuning in from everyone here at CG Mag, and we'll catch you next week. Catchphrase. Bye.